Happy Halloween, everybody. Thanks for checking out Should I Play It? As always, I'm your humble host, Corey Tomlinson from Grimsteel Games, and I can't thank everyone enough for listening to the show. Halloween is absolutely my favorite holiday of the year. Maybe it's the fact that I love Poe and Lovecraft, or maybe I'm just a candy junkie. Honestly, those are all true facts. It doesn't hurt living in New England. There's just something about this time of year that I look forward to every other month. So, what better way than to celebrate Halloween by featuring a game with heavy biblical Christian influences? <laughs> I thought so too. But it's not often that a podcast with only a few episodes has such an accomplished guest as we do today. So, in honor of the day, sit back, open up your favorite candy bar of choice, and let me introduce you to the creator of the gorgeous, pleasantly difficult co-op board game, Deliverance, made by Andrew Lowen. All right, today is an exciting one for me this early in the podcast. Um, I have somebody who probably doesn't need much introduction in the gaming sphere. Uh, and, and honestly, uh, Andrew Lowen, I, I, let, me, let me just introduce him by saying uh, podcaster, with the, with the uh, crowdfunding nerds, web developer, uh, father of six kids, I think soon to be seven, right? Yeah. Um, and also game designer of the board game Deliverance. And Andrew, I appreciate you coming on. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Awesome. I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Really excited to talk about Deliverance and, um, you know, just honored that you have me. Well, I, I'm honored that you decided to come on this early. This is this will be our third episode of the podcast. And uh, to have somebody like you on is just it, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And we've I, I will say that all of us at Grimstone Games, we all are fans of crowdfunding nerds. We listen to it religiously, uh, no pun intended. And <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, it's really helped us in our, our efforts as we've gone forward uh, in our game development process. So uh, before we get into all that and we yeah. talk about the game, um tell tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of came to be here as the pro, the producer of deliverance yeah yeah it's um so that it's it's a very long story that i can cut into tiny pieces so uh, about me first so i'm i've been a digital marketer for about 15 years um i've worked with you know a lot of small businesses about 800 different small businesses i've had clients go to shark tank and get deals um i've sold as seen on tv products and i've worked with huge intellectual properties like Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Star Trek, Conan. Um, we, we like we're working with Modiphius Entertainment on the Dune RPG, uh, which is getting like a crazy high return on investment. Uh, it must be because of us, not because the movie's coming right, out. Right, right. <laughs> um, you know, but we've uh, you know crowdfunding nerds. We've helped fund over 150 projects at this point on on Kickstarter and GameFound, um, and. So, you know, raising over $15 million uh, for, for our clients, most of which are just first time creators, you know, um, and with that whole concept, like I wanted to just simply be able to share what's working, not share part of what's working. And then if you want to get the rest, hire me, you know, it's like, let's just give people all the stuff that we're doing that's working and that's not working and kind of take people on a journey with us to, uh, you know, so that they can be successful. There was so many people like right now we have 40 crowdfunding projects that we're working with 40 wow and um so we have a full-time staff of six but uh it's just it's just a lot and um there are so many others that would want to use us but can't afford us yet or 
um, you know, people that are, it's their first project and they just need, maybe they don't, they, they are able to take on more work themselves. And so they want to learn and whatnot. I totally encourage that. And um, we thought what better resource than just sharing what we're experiencing on a weekly basis. And um, so we're, we just hit episode 150 and uh, just released it today. Thank you. Um, and so I've, I've, I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. I will probably by the time this podcast releases, I don't know when you're going to release, but I'm expecting my seventh child in the next like few days. Uh, my wife is now 39 weeks pregnant. And um, so that's, uh, I have five daughters and soon to be, uh, and one son and soon to be another, another little boy. I've spent 24,000 hours in World of Warcraft. I'm a former professional Hearthstone player. I guess I'm, I'm hard to kill. So. <laughs> I, I thought I had a lot of kids with three and hearing seven is just, uh, oh, that's well, uh, seven, impressive. I'd, I'd say three is chaos. Um, seven, well, six, because that's what I'm most experienced with, feels like three. So if you have three, you know what, you know what my life is like. <laughs> it's just a little more uh, fair enough of what you're used to. <laughs> so how do you find time to develop a game? I mean, the game development process is a long one. How do you find time to do that as well? Oh, that was, uh, yeah. So I started development for Deliverance in 2016 over the summer. Okay. And it took me five years before we hit Kickstarter. Um, we, in fact, it was almost exactly five years, June 2016 to, to June 2021 is when we actually launched uh, on Kickstarter. And we delivered, uh, I want to say a month or two ago to the US. And we're just as of today, our, our EU backers just received all their their shipping notifications and stuff. So they're really excited. So that journey really started from me quitting video games. Like I, I said I was a former professional and whatnot. I, I made 400 bucks a week playing Hearthstone and teaching people how to, how to like win, how to hit legend. Um, and I've had, I have friends that went on to like, you know, have huge Twitch channels and stuff. It's just funny seeing, you know, where, where, where I could have gone maybe, but um, I uh, quit video games because it was just it was too hard to be really good um because of the dedication time dedication and whatnot so we ended up looking for other outlets kind of for that fantasy i i was a i played magic the gathering really hard from like 98 to 2006 i played other other games but i never really looked at board games as a as a serious medium for awesome entertainment until i discovered pandemic which is weird because I think pandemic's totally lame now. It's like not as not nearly as uh, chunky as I as I as I like. But co-op at the time, oh my goodness, that exploded my mind that you could play a game together. And so eventually, you know, this section of the story short, I um, found a real lack of a game like Deliverance on the market, and I just was hit one day with an idea like. You know, there was this story in the Bible of uh, of Gabriel, the uh, the guy that's like, hey, Mary, you got baby Jesus coming. Uh, that Gabriel, the messenger of God, like the chief postal worker of heaven, was blocked for three weeks from delivering a message by a demon or a fallen angel called the Prince of Persia. And only when Michael, the archangel, like the general of heaven's army, came and uh, Gabriel was able to finally break away from that battle. And deliver this message to Daniel. Then Gabriel said, I'm going to have to go back and help Michael with the Prince of Persia. So evidently, Michael, the archangel, was not able to deal with this fallen angel on his own. 
only Gabriel and Michael comboing together could deal with this. And then later, this demon called the Prince of Greece was going to come and they had to deal with that guy. And I thought, holy cow, you've got like God, the, the creator of all the, the angels and the fallen angels and everything like that, saying, Gabriel, I have an official message from you. Here is a, a letter to deliver to Daniel or whatever, a message. And then there's a demon that was like, hey, Gabriel, I think you're a jerk. And then Gabriel's like, I have an official message from God. Let me pass. And that prince of Persia said, no. Like, what happened? Like, how? And um, that's really kind of where the original idea of deliverance spawned. It's like, okay, so I guess it's not so easy for angels. And, um, <laughs> you know, so uh, that's, that's kind of where it came from. And uh, through five years of development, I learned how to make a game good. But uh, what was, I think the most important thing was I already knew what a good game felt like, you know, like I downed Ragnaros. This is, this will date me. I don't know if you guys understand this analogy, but I was one of the first guilds to down Ragnaros in World of Warcraft Molten Core, like the raid with 40 people and the sound that came out of my, my guild when we downed that boss was just deafening. And that is like the experience that I wanted for players to have, you know, that, that just epic, oh my gosh, we tried so hard, we tried so hard, and then they finally beat it. It's like, yes! So, um, kind of like a little bit of a, a, I mean, a little homage to Dark Souls, because that's a little bit of what I, kind of what I was going for. So, so what I'm hearing is that Deliverance is not an easy game. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I get actually I get some objections from Christians. They're like, well, you know, shouldn't God always win? It's like, yeah, um, in the end, maybe. But, you know, it's it is hard. Like these demons will chew you up and spit you out. Um, And so my really my goal was for the game, the feeling that I wanted to go for is that you would feel like an epically like ultra powerful angel that was just about to die. So I wanted you to just like swat demons down kind of like diablo you know where you feel like this epically powerful character and all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh i'm just about to die i need to escape and you know poppy hill potion or something um and so that's it's kind of the um the feeling i was going for so it it's a hard game and it's actually been i've been kind of in some circles nervous to talk about how hard the game is um because it's a you know I mean, there are five difficulty levels. And so if you wanted an, a quote unquote easier version, I mean, the, honestly, the easy version still obliterates people. It's more about just understanding how the, how the system works and um, that you can't just attack and hit your strongest buttons to win. Um, so it's, uh, it, definitely, it definitely throws people for a loop. Well, you're talking to, to somebody who my group of friends regu- regularly comes back to Arkham Horror, mm-hmm. and that is a game that will chew you up and spit you out, too. So I, I'm OK with it. We yeah. we actually laugh and we, we kind of take bets on when we're going to die. Like yeah. when when is it, when is the ancient horror going to take over? Is it going to be the first <laughs> turn, the second turn? Which turn is it happening? So uh, we have some choice words about that game when, when we play it. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's our, our masochistic side when we decide mm-hmm. that we want to get beat up. So it sounds like we have an option to. Uh, to try that out as well. Um, yeah. So, so kind of getting into the game a little bit, um, you know, we've, we've touched on kind of the difficulty and, and the theme of it, but, you know, mechanically, um, mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about it and, and how, how development went? I mean, five years, I, I get it. It, yeah. it does take a long time to, to get through and to get it to the place that you want it to be. I think we're, we're on 
just over two years since we mm-hmm. came up with the idea for ours. And, you know, we're still probably six months away from going to Kickstarter. But yep. that's also with a team of three, you know, kind of hammering yeah. away at it every week. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I, the way that, um, oh, first of all, I think that that's excellent. You guys have three people working on a game. It, it, it's so much, it, it's a really lonely road game design, you know, um, when you are like for me, I understand these systems of, um, you know, like the mechanics, as you meant, alluded to, the the mechanics of deliverance, you know, and and other concepts like breakpoints. What if a, an angel's starting damage was three instead of two? You know, that could have a big effect on the rest of the game because of how you start snowballing too early or whatever, you know, and all of these numbers were in my head and it became impossible to talk to anyone about because they're talking you know, checkers and I'm talking 3d chess or whatever and, uh, or 4d chess. And so, um, it's, it's quite a lonely road, but doing it with friends is really awesome, you know? So, uh, commend you for that. I think that's a really smart idea. Um, and so, yeah, I guess where deliverance came from, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe the way rather, you know, scratch that, uh, what, how I describe deliverance to a new player when I'm sitting down with them, and playing maybe i maybe i could just do that and then uh, you know jump into the mechanics of the game so in deliverance you control an elite angelic warrior in the army of heaven and you and your team have come down to this small backwoodsy little town in modern day southern california called fallbrook which is actually where i used to live by the way okay Uh, (laughs) it's just happened to be an amazing name um and it, it is filled with demonic activity it is not a power center there's no one of, you know, serious influence there, and there's really no no outside reason that you can figure out why why the demons are there, um, and so it's your mission to infiltrate, and it's it's you have to figure out what's going on, and you have to put a stop to it. Um, your suspicion is that there is a mighty fallen prince, one of the leaders of the armies of darkness, that is commanding the forces from the shadows, um, and it is your standing order ever since the victory on the cross to smite those fallen princes and send them to the abyss to await their final judgment. Um, and so that's kind of the, the backdrop for the game. Um, so the, uh, so the, the game operates in two different modes of play. One is a campaign, which is like a 14 mission um, experience. It's super awesome. People have a lot of fun with it. And, you know, it's kind of uh, similar to some, you know, other, dungeon crawl games it's more of like a tactical dungeon crawl tactical combat game than a than a true dungeon crawl but um you uh you play through this campaign and you you know uh receive the kind of the story of deliverance and whatnot um it it won't preach at you you're not gonna have to convert to christianity by you know mission five or anything like that the game is actually designed for a person who already is a christian and those people don't need to be converted so we're not going to preach at you, and we're going to just take the lore of the Bible, which is the richest lore base in, in the universe that we that we know, um, and just kind of tell an awesome story using using that lore in a fantasy way. Um, and so uh, you've got this campaign, uh, the fourteen missions. After you beat the campaign, there's uh, what I call well, what is referred to by JRPG lovers as New Game Plus. Uh, there are challenges to each campaign mission that you can go back with your epically powerful character and try to like complete really hard versions of the missions. So like the very 
the very first mission is really a tutorial to teach you how to fight against the demons and whatnot and you know kind of figure out the tactical combat rules and stuff and you have to beat the demons in four rounds or you lose you know it's like stomp out the patrol before you get into the town so they don't alert the other demons in the town and the challenge is to simply beat that mission in one round um so you obviously have to power up a, a little bit before that can happen um so the other mode of play is a skirmish and that's um a kind of a one shot where you'd you'd all sit down for game night you'd play through kind of this two battle experience culminating in this epic fallen prince fight for kind of the uh you know the rescuing of the of the saints in the town um so mechanically the way that the game actually works is and this this is i'll reference back to this when you ask me why should i play this but i i've always found that the pull of these types of games rather the maybe the the challenge in, in these types of games from a design perspective is when you get strong enough you just press your your highest damage button and you win you know it's like right. if you've got this boss that does really cool stuff but you just kill him in two hits um that is actually quite common in dungeon crawl type games where you just get too powerful in fact massive darkness one that was the problem is that you'd have these really great fights that you would just blow through because you were really strong and massive darkness two they largely kind of fixed that where it felt challenging and entertaining and whatnot um curious enough massive darkness 2 is kind of like an angels and demons theme as well which is which is really cool uh so anyway the mechanics you're fighting in tactical combat you can you know for those that are familiar with like fire emblem or final fantasy tactics you're fighting on a square grid that um you know where if you can something is like if you have an attack that's like range of two then that's two spaces away from your character. There's no line of sight or anything like that. But so you're dealing with these demons in tactical combat. You're using kind of, we'll say, weaker attacks to kind of build um, an energy bar in essence to, to, you know, and you kind of unleash, it's called courage. You unleash that courage to do super powerful attacks with your characters. And so you're kind of building and spending this resource. Um, and so, but at the same time, and this is where I think it gets really interesting. That you're dealing with demons in tactical combat, um, you have these darkness cards that come out. So every round, these darkness cards are going to come out, and eventually, if you don't deal with them, they're going to flip face up, and they caught. They're kind of like a Magic the Gathering enchantments or sorceries, like instant effects, right. and they'll cripple you and damage you and hurt you. So if you just hit stuff, you're going to lose. Like you're guaranteed, you will die if you don't deal with these darkness cards. And um, so you you have to use your prey action, and really it's like your spiritual tools to deal with the darkness. And so I think where the core tension of the game lay is in the battle with the demons. You only win the game if you beat all the demons. Um, just in general, campaign can change that uh, with various other uh, you know victory conditions. But um, you in tackle your tactical combat with the demons, and you're you know balancing that against dealing with the darkness cards which is this never ending tide that you can't you can like kind of hold it back for a little while but you're going to lose and so it's it's a, it's a matter of time like can you do it can you beat this game in time um or defeat these demons in time it's going to get you eventually right yeah yeah <laughs> so that <laughs> oh, sounds fascinating well i mean you've already kind of answered the question because i can hear so many things that are so unique about it but i'm sitting in the uh, in the store or i'm I, i'm on the website and i'm i've got it in my cart mm -hmm. 
why should I play it? Why should I make that purchase and play that game? What 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 makes it stand out from uh, other games that might be similar? Yeah. So the the first thing is really related to the theme. So we use the Bible as the base of lore behind the theme. And if you're a Christian, I mean, it's basically kind of like Christian D and D. You would be an idiot for not buying it, right? Um, if you if you like games like that. And the uh, to the non Christian though, what actually I find. Uh, which is kind of a weird way to divide gamers, right? Like, you know, Christians and non-Christians. But um, this game has a religious theme, and it is it, it is done in a manner that is very approachable because it's not going to preach at you, and you're going to experience this epically awesome lore base that is not, like, nothing is done in the game that is cringy or, um, you know, kind of embarrassing, you know, like Christian right. games, you would imagine. Most most of the time are just slightly worse versions of existing games that are not innovative and are just like you want to play Settlers of Catan or Settlers of Canaan. You know, it's like shoot me in the head, please. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's that's my attitude. And so I find that the the lore people can really appreciate that, and it's like it's handled in a manner that is not going to judge your alternative lifestyle or whatever. You know, it's just we're here sitting around a table. I am the subject of jokes like, uh, you know, a pastor, a priest, an atheist, and an agnostic sit down at the board game table. Like, that's a very common occurrence at Deliverance, you know? Um, And so we, um, so I I find that that tends not to be, for 90% of players, it's actually a benefit. Um, We've had many, you know, I've had guys say like, oh man, I'd trade half the games on my shelf for this right now. And I am a card carrying member of the Church of Satan um real that's a real quote uh <laughs> really you know? yeah that's um, amazing yeah i've got atheists telling me oh yeah i've read more bible in the last hour than i have in the last 20 years uh because we use bible verses as thematic flavor text nothing is required reading but you know like for example you know when whenever you use the pray action to to try to cast down darkness you've got you draw a prayer card that's kind of the mechanism they use to draw cards and uh, the prayer card is kind of like um, additional actions or free actions that you can use to turn your tide, turn the tide of battle into your favor, because it is very much not in your favor. Hmm. And um, so you can make, you know, you can add numbers to a dice roll to pass a, an important test or whatever. Um, but the the Bible verse on the back it, it is a unique Bible verse on every card back, and that verse relates to what ha- what the front of the card does. So if it's like a verse that sounds like it'll be healing or or some you know boon like you know do unto others as you would have others do unto you it's like oh that's going to help us so you draw that card with the pray action it's like you give uh you know uh one of your fellow angels gets to heal and gain resources and so do you uh oh, cool you know and so it's like you can kind of like the term i guess is grok the the functionality of the card and so it, it there's just a lot of depth you know a lot of depth in the art we went all out. In fact, I thought, you know, Christian games are generally garbage. And so how can I show everybody that this game really takes itself seriously? So we have some of the coolest miniature sculpts that you'll ever see, the coolest angels. They are beautiful. Um, and they're ink washed. And so it's just, it's just, they're awesome. Uh, we've got a, lo- a lot of other um, uh, nice things going for the game. But one of them I thought was we need art that is like overproduced. So what if we were just filthy rich and money didn't matter? How would I treat this game? Which obviously I have six kids. 
uh, money does matter <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, um, how would I like, what can I do that will put the emphasis in the right places? So to make the game look incredible. Um, I also learned like as a, as a Christian, you're not allowed to do anything just because it's cool. You have to have like a reason. If you want to call your game theologically sound or inspired, you definitely have to, um, you know, make sure that that, that lore is not um, just backwards. At every corner of the game, I've really thought about it. And like, for example, the angels of deliverance, they are male and female. They're all different cultures um, or, you know, around the world. And they are not a biblical representation of angels. In fact, that's one of the criticisms people have initially. It's like, these don't look like real angels. They just look like, you know, good looking people with two wings. And um, I tell them that I, I, the angels really serve as an allegory for people. I want people to see themselves and the characters they're playing. You know, in heaven, you've got people of every nation, of every, you know, culture. And I wanted the angels to kind of represent that. So, um, you know, and we use that. It's, it's a fantasy game. We use the kind of the, our cultural understanding of angels with two wings and, and that sort of thing. Um, and so that's, uh, those are some of the, you know, the reasons. And then another big one, really like for the type of gamer that you are, if you like boss battlers, this is a really good one. Um, you have these huge epic bosses that are each very different. In fact, I, I kind of liken it to World of Warcraft, you know, or other MMOs. You've got semi-scripted raid boss encounters where, you know, the, I don't know, like the water boss, he's going to, um, he's going to drop his water elementals and you've got to deal with them. And then he's going to do like the tsunami thing and you've got to deal with that. And that is kind of on, you know, a semi-random timer. And then he's got also this really heavy attack. And then water is going to shoot up from the ground and geysers you have to avoid. And that's the fight. And each time that you do that, you may, you know, your healer gets killed by the water geyser or whatever. It's like, well, I guess we lose. Um, Deliverance <laughs> kind of feels like that, where the combat is deterministic. You're not rolling dice to see if you hit. You're an angel, bro. You're always going to hit. Um, so are the demons. And so it's more a matter of like figuring, finding a way through where it looks like you're going to lose. How can you survive one more round? And then before you know it, you're actually at the end where you realize, oh my goodness, I can kill this boss right before we all succumb to darkness, you know? And, wow. Um, and so it's, it's a very interesting game. It has multiple difficulty levels that, that actually start customizing the demons that you fight, changing their behaviors. Um, and it has crazy, it's, it's almost like um, Diablo, which has, you know, uh, it's various keywords for items. It kind of customizes items. We did something like that for the demons. So you can fight meddling imps that have four health and are just basic. Um, you can fight sadistic, immolated meddling imps that are on fire and start pulling the saints toward them and whatnot. And, uh, you know, then the next battle, they might be spirit linked where you, they, they all split damage evenly among them, um, which can be really terrible. Um, so it's, it, it forces you to adapt and change your strategy. And these demons, they have um, certain, I said semi-scripted, so some of the cards that come out are going to always come out at a certain time. Other ones are randomized. And then they each also have a unique menu of actions. So you, it's impossible to predict perfectly what happens. And the things that you do, your best laid plans, 
are going to have to change. And that's one of my favorite things about the about Deliverance versus a lot of other kind of tactical games. Like when you have deterministic combat, it it's just a matter of like optimizing and your strategy that you kind of outlined from the very beginning works a lot of the time in other games and deliverance you constantly have to reevaluate um which is is i i love it so it's really kind of impossible to alpha game um you've got up to four angels you know that can play or up to four players right and uh it's it's just a ton of fun and there's a crazy amount of character customization so you can be michael the archangel and you'll it'll force you to change kind of it'll force you to adapt one game you're michael the archangel that's like the game is all about healing michael because he's just whomping everything you know and um then the next game michael is just a, a huge tank that is a more of a support oriented character um so it's very the um the combinations of what are called the talents like additional skills that or or passives or or other things that you will gain upgrades to existing skills that you will gain you get them in a really unique way. So when you level up in the game, you get uh, heavenly treasures for your kind of your loot and you get talents, which are kind of those, those um, things that customize your skills or get or add new skills. And um, they're, I mean, no two games feel alike. It's, it's really, really good. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's why, that's why I would back deliver it, you know? So. <laughs> Well, it sounds like it based on all those combinations and everything, it's replayable too. So it's not just a one one and done. And a couple games that we've played that you you sit down and once you figure out the strategy that works, that's the mm -hmm. only strategy that works. There are no others. Right. It's a one trick pony. And those those games now sit on the shelf, unfortunately, as right. much fun as they were at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, well, hey, I really appreciate this. The last question for you. Where can you get deliverance if somebody's looking for it? Uh the answer is playdeliverance.com. If you want to, I mean, you, you can buy the game there. Uh, you can learn how the game works. You can get advanced strategy kind of tips that will help you get further into the game or get, you know, kind of uh, help you survive at higher difficulties. Uh, the game is really, really, I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard. So um, if, if that is your jam, then, you know, I highly recommend it. At playdeliverance.com, it's 99 bucks. Um, we'll eventually do kind of like a, a Black Friday sale, which is not going to be as cheap as Kickstarter or anything like that, but we're going to bundle all of the add-ons, whatever we have left. We only have like a hundred of each add-on left right now, but we're going to bundle all of that with like a special Black Friday deal. Um, and but yeah, uh, that's where you can get it. And if you're uh, so inclined, I'd be happy to sell it to you. I guess. Yeah, keep, right. <laughs> keep keep an eye out for it if you're listening. Uh, so Andrew... It's been a pleasure. I want to thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, everybody check out playdeliverance.com. Check out the crowdfunding nerds, um, it, especially if you're interested in game development, game design, uh, kickstarting. Uh, there's some great guests and things that I've learned from listening to the podcast, even that don't have to do with gaming, just general marketing mm -hmm. and uh, and finding out more about how, how these games get uh, created and get sold. So We'll close it out, Andrew. Thanks so much. Good luck to your wife and to you with number seven. And uh, by the time this comes out, I'm sure you'll have a you'll have a full roster over there. So, thanks so much. <laughs>